We are in the final week of July and people have questions about the Boston Bruins heading into next season. I'm going to do my best to answer as many of those as possible on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, July 27th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get podcasts, so please open up your app, Smash that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. The podcast also premieres daily on YouTube. So search up Locked On Boston Bruins over there and subscribe to the channel as well. You will also get some bonus breaking news content on the YouTube channel. For those of you on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. As a reminder, this week we are Monday through Friday, but beginning in August, the podcast will be down to three days a week until the beginning of training camp, which, if you can believe it, won't be that far away. The Bruins still have a lot of unanswered questions here in the offseason, namely... When's David Pasternak going to sign a contract extension? Will Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci be back in the mix? And Locked On Boston Bruins listeners have some specific questions that they have sent to me, and I'm going to do my best to answer them on today's podcast. So let's get into it. The first question sent in by Andrew Taverna, at Andrew Taverna who asked, do you foresee the Bruins being in trouble from a standings perspective before they even have a chance to get healthy, or is this roster doomed from the outset? I've actually been talking about this a lot this week. Yesterday I looked at the Atlantic Division power rankings, where the Bruins kind of fit at the moment on Monday, who is playing center for the Boston Bruins this season. That's a huge Huge question that will either make or break the Bruins in 2022-23. Yes, they're without Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, Mike Riley to begin the season. And those are huge holes. There's no question about it. How will Jim Montgomery fill those holes? How will the Bruins compensate? For those losses, it's going to be tough. You know, Jacobs Borrell, Jack Sean will have to step up on the left side um, with, you know, Derek Forbort being the regular guy standing from the top six at the end of last season on the left side. Uh, Hempus Lindholm as well, of course, will be healthy and 
needing to step up. Uh, Brandon Carlo will need to do some heavy lifting as well. But I think the top six should be okay in their absence. Up front, you're going to need a guy like Jake DeBrusque or Pavel Zaka or both to step up on the top line, hopefully playing with Patrice Bergeron. And that's key. If Bergeron's back, even better if Krejci's back as well. Those guys will give the Bruins a chance to uh, be stable and stay afloat amid all these injuries. If those guys aren't there, it's a completely different story. And the roster, as currently constructed, will have a hard time staying afloat. Now, it's also worth mentioning that teams looking to overtake them, say the Ottawa Senators, Detroit Red Wings, They have a lot of new faces that we'll have to incorporate into the lineup. As we saw with the Bruins last year, it can take some time for everybody to gel. So they might not come out of the gate running at full speed either, which is uh, an important point. Same with the Columbus Blue Jackets, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, maybe teams looking to get up into the playoff picture. So while the Bruins... Yeah, sure, they're going to have trouble from a standings perspective while they're getting healthy. But other teams have challenges as well. And um, it's going to be a wild opening couple months to the season for sure. Kind of related, uh, at Chris HVT, Coach asks, The Bees could have a strong team when all are back from injuries. Is there any way they could add a player at the deadline, or will the cap prevent that? The Bruins are going to be up against the cap no matter what heading into the season. They have under $5 million at the moment in order to sign Pavel Zaka and hopefully get Bergeron and Krejci in the mix as well. The Bruins will have some assets to work with. Uh, They'll have... You know, their 2023 first-round pick. They don't have a second this year or next as a result of the Hampus Lindholm trade. But they'll have their first in play. And they could float some younger guys as well. Or some pending UFAs who might have some value. Although you'd be subtracting from the current roster in order to add. So that's a bit tricky as well. But... They'll have a bunch of guys coming off the books that they could perhaps float at the deadline. Maybe if Nick Foligno's not fitting in, somebody might think they could take him. By all means, Craig Smith, Thomas Nosek, maybe somebody wants Chris Wagner's experience. Who knows? Um, But if the Bruins are in a position to go big at the deadline, they're going to have to put their first-round pick in play once again. Did not have one this year, of course, because of that Hampus Lindholm trade. Um, So maybe a bit reluctant looking forward, knowing that you need as many prospects as you can get to kind of rebuild, retool. But if Bergeron and Krejci come back, they want to take one last big swing, then they'll have that tool in their arsenal to, uh, to use in order to uh, yeah, try to get better. Gonna answer a couple more questions here in a moment. 
about uh, which Bruins have a best chance of taking a next step forward. Some younger Bruins coming up. Uh, even some books and TV shows later on. But first, a quick word about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your summer betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's keep it rolling with some mailbag questions. The next one comes from at Bruins Coverage underscore, friends over at Bruins Coverage, asking which Bruin has the biggest chance of building on their game going into the season? It's a fantastic question, and I think you want to look at some younger guys here to uh, take some next steps. One of the reasons why Bruce Cassidy was let go and allowed to move on to the Vegas Golden Knights was his apparent, not inability, but uh, some barriers between him and some younger players that had developed. You think immediately of Jack Stanika, you think of Trent Frederick. Um, those are two guys that I could see really building on their games coming into this season. Trent Frederick, deployed on the third line. I really do think there is some offensive upside that has yet to be tapped into. Uh, same with Jack Stanika. You know, he has been an offensive, I don't want to say force, but he's been successful at the AHL level, has yet to translate in the NHL. And there could be an opportunity for him out of camp to crack the opening night roster and assert himself as a full-time NHL player. So Jim Montgomery has the task before him to send some different messages to those guys, get them more motivated to you know, not be seen as young Bruins looking to make a step, but as full-fledged Boston Bruins who need to bring it night in and night out. I also think Jeremy Swayman has a chance to build on his game next season. Uh, you know, he's been very good in his time with the Boston Bruins, but I wouldn't say he has emerged as a full-fledged number one goalie for the Boston Bruins. That's due to kind of a tandem in play here with Linus Olmark. We all know the hugs. It was a pretty even split last season. Uh, but if he can come out and post some exceptional numbers early on in the season, that would go a long way to helping the Bruins earn some points with all of these players out with injuries. So I think those three guys have the biggest chance of building on their game 
coming into the season. Natural that you would pick young players. When it comes to more established guys, I mean, I don't know if you could... Some people are saying, you know, Taylor Hall only had 20 goals last year. It's a bit of a disappointment. He's a playmaker more than a scorer. I think he did fine. Um, Hampus Lindholm can build on his early days with the Bruins and he'll have a chance to assert himself as a number one defenseman for this team with all the other defensemen out on the injured list. So yeah, I'd say Stanika, Frederick, Swayman, Lindholm are the guys that I would pick um, for uh, building on their game going into the season. Nicholas Defoe on Instagram sent a bunch of questions about some younger players uh, in line to, yeah, one day become Boston Bruins. The first one is, is there a chance we could see Matt Poitra in a Bruins jersey sooner than later? I'm not sure what kind of timeline you're thinking, but for me, he's definitely back with the Guelph Storm. This upcoming season, which is fine with me. I'll get a chance to go down to the Sleeman Center and watch him develop with what should be a pretty talented Guelph Storm team this year. They could really make some noise in the Western Conference with a bunch of guys who are drafted coming back, as well as a uh, very talented scoring winger in Sasha Pastajab who plays for the, or he's in the Anaheim Ducks system. But for me, Poitra, back in the OHL for at least another season, perhaps two, and then probably he'll need at least a year in the AHL. So we're looking at at least three years. Until he's with the Boston Bruins? That seems pretty reasonable, I think. One more year at least in junior. One year in the AHL. And then we could see him trying to crack the the Bruins roster. But again, you have to remember uh, he's still fairly young. And he has only played one full OHL season. Uh, His true rookie season was wiped out due to COVID. So yeah, he's got at least, I'd say two more years in the OHL, one to two years in the AHL, and then we could see him make the jump. But I would expect we're looking at maybe when he's 22, 23. He did just turned 18 in March, so probably, yeah, going into his 23 year, so we're looking at about five years, I would say, before Matt Poitra is in a Bruins jersey, and you know, you look like, look at a guy like Jack Stanika, similar timeline there, right, he was drafted in uh, 2017, he's 23. This should be the year that he is 
a full-time NHLer, and I think you're looking at a similar timeline for Matt Poitra. Nick also asked, do you think Brett Harrison has a good chance of making the 2023 Canadian World Junior Hockey Team after making Canada's summer development camp? By all accounts, he has impressed so far at development camp. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, um, Team Canada, I don't want to say he's not one of the best possible options, but Team Canada always typically likes to build a well-rounded team. And Brett Harrison, 19 years old, um, being added to the national junior team summer development camp, that's a first step towards being chosen for the 2023 roster in Halifax and Moncton. He finished the season with the Generals second in scoring with 27 goals, 34 assists, and he has played for Canada's under-18 team, earning gold at the 2021 tournament in Texas with two goals, seven games. Um, The camp ends today, and yeah, I think he, by all accounts, has shown himself to be a strong option. Uh, He's a responsible center as well. So I think we could see him uh, playing for Team Canada at the 2023 World Championship, which would be pretty exciting. Nick finally asked, could you possibly see Fabian Lysel playing for the Bruins this year and making an impact with all the injuries? Do you think he can hit the 30 or 40 point range if so? I kind of think that Lysel... If you uh, recall, when it comes to entry-level contracts, they can slide those deals as long as they haven't played, I believe, 10 games. So you could see Lysel getting a handful of games, eight, nine games, with the Boston Bruins to begin the season. And then once guys start to get healthy, uh, he might be sent back to the OHL or assigned to the AHL. Uh, at which point his pro contract would kick in. Now, if you look at the Bruins' right side, you know you had Jake DeBrusque playing on the top line as a left-hand shot. Then there's David Pasternak, Craig Smith, Oscar Steen, with Curtis Lazar moving on. They're pretty light on the right side, so that could work to Lysel's advantage as well. 30, 40 point range might be a bit generous, uh, but you never know. A guy with Lysel's skill set, he could come in and really burn people with his speed and his shot ability. Uh, But ultimately, I think he will... Do I say he's in the OHL? I don't know if he'll be back in the OHL next... Or sorry, the WHL next season... Uh, If anything, I could see him in the AHL beginning on a David Posternock track. Uh, But to see him full-time with the Bruins and hitting 30 to 40 points, that's probably wishful thinking at this point. But I could see him playing at least nine games, scoring a couple goals. The Bruins seeing that, you know, there's definitely something there. 
and uh, sending them elsewhere for further development. Got a couple more questions to answer here, but I want to thank you so much again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On NHL podcast. Locked On experts give you daily 30-minute insight on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute hockey podcast. As we wrap up here, a couple more questions to answer. Marco Originello at Marco A-R-I-G-A asks, who would you target through free agency and trades next offseason to be your future number one center? Fantastic question. And there are actually quite a number of prominent NHL free agents next summer. Um, if we look at centers specifically, you have some older guys like Jonathan Taves, Ryan O'Reilly, um, Sean Monahan will be an unrestricted free agent. He's had some injury issues. I don't know if he is a number one or top six center at this point. You have a guy like Nathan McKinnon will most certainly be wrapped up by the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Dylan Larkin in Detroit could fit the bill. Bo Horvat, Dylan Strom, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he'll be an RFA and doesn't look like he has an appetite to sign long-term with uh, the the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Matt Barzell will also be a restricted free agent how interesting would it be if the Bruins somehow managed to bring him into the fold uh, so those are pretty much the big options Bo Horvat I think would fit in well with the Boston Bruins is he a number one center uh, you know number one guy you're looking for a pretty healthy scoring rate so you're looking at McKinnon Larkin uh, Rupe Hints in Dallas will be an RFA. Uh, Tage Thompson, Trevor Zagrass. Um, but then you're looking at, yeah, Dubois, Strom. I really wish they had signed Strom and at least retained his rights when he becomes uh, a restrictive free agent again next summer. But alas, the... Uh, Washington Capitals jumped in and grabbed him. So those are some of the big names that will be available. Uh, man, it's so hard to predict even what's happened this summer, much less next summer, but those are some of the names. Finally, at Dester Jester asks, what are some good Bruins NHL books looking for something to read? If we're talking nonfiction, I got to be honest, I'm not a huge, well, I... I shouldn't say that. I have read some pretty good biographies lately. You definitely want to check out Willie O'Ree's biography. You want to check out Fred Sasakamus, uh, his story. And you want to check out the new Sean Thornton biography as well. Those are three that you want to check out for sure. 
when it comes to fiction. I just posted last night that I'm re-reading Beartown, which is written by Frederick Bachman, a Swedish author. He wrote two amazing books about uh, hockey, hockey culture, very relevant in terms of what's going on with Hockey Canada at the moment. And there's a third book in the series coming out in September, so I'm going to read the first two again here to close out the summer in preparation for that. So those are five books you want to check out. Willie O'Ree, Fred Sakamoose, Sean Thornton, and then Beartown and Us Against You by Frederick Bachman. Thank you so much for sending in all those questions, some great questions this week, and I'll continue to do this at points throughout the summer and throughout the season as well. Uh, looking to get a guest here on later this week or next week and uh, be reaching out to some friends as well to have some different voices on the podcast. But thank you so much for sending those in. And, uh, oh yeah, I said I was going to recommend a couple of shows. Blackbird on Apple TV is so good. You definitely want to check that out if you're into kind of true crime stuff. It's not a documentary, but uh, it's very, very good. Uh, true crime doc that you want to check out, Mind Over Murder on HBO Max. And uh, what else are we into these days? Better Call Saul, obviously. I'm rewatching Silicon Valley and uh, looking for something else to watch. So if you have any recommendations for me, feel free to hit me up at Ian C. McLaren. That's it for today's episode, friends. I hope you're all having a great week. It's Wednesday, downhill to the weekend. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on the Locked On Boston Ruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.